everyone. Welcome to the Seasons of Womanhood. So today on our Chit Chat series, we have a very special guest. Um, her name is Mrs. Nana Echa Akwa, aka Miss Glossom. Um, so just to give a little bit more of an intro, she's been married for 13 years to Reverend Patrick Akwa, also with three beautiful children um, now in Tampa, Florida. Um, so she's the director of global sales at Intercontinental Hotels Group, owner of her own business, Glowsome, a hair company, and also founder of Glow Impact, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to reducing recidivism among female juveniles. Wow. So welcome. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to be here to speak to your wonderful viewers. You know, I pray that whatever we discuss is going to be a blessing to them. Thank you. Thank you. So um, for those that have been watching on the Chit Chat series, we've been basically discussing with different women in different fields, you know, their journeys and how they got to where they are and just how they balance it all with regarding their careers as well as, you know, family life. Um, so just wanted to start if you could just maybe let's start more about like your journey and to, you know, what you do and also starting your business. If you can tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. So as you know, Dr. Wusa said, I work with Intercontinental Hotels Group as a, you know, a key account director or a global sales director. And, you know, the journey leading to that was not straightforward. I actually majored in accounting information systems. Mm -hmm. However, after doing accounting for a little bit, I realized that, you know, as much as, you know, probably my work ethics had taught me to be good at whatever I did, I didn't love being an accountant. Mm -hmm. So I sought for a way to, you know, use my skills and, you know, passion of speaking. And I was like, what's the best way I can use it? And that's how I got into global sales. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I tell people is I've been successful in global sales, not because I'm a good salesperson, but I think it's because I love people and, you know, I naturally want to do things for others. In terms of Glossom, it's a beauty brand. And, you know, the first product that was launched of the beauty brand is, you know, the hair extensions, as I feel that, you know, hair is a very important part of a woman's beauty. But, you know, Glow is basically, you know, the name Glossom is made up of two words, Glow and Blossom. And that's, you know, because I feel, you know, real beauty starts from within and that's why you have, you know, glow, which is your inner beauty and blossom, which is your outer beauty. And I always say, you know what, if I can have both, if I could have inner beauty and outer beauty, why not? You know, however, I always keep the focus of the inner beauty first before the outer beauty. Um, and that's, you know, that's pretty much glowsome. But the first um, beauty product that has been launched currently due to my bandwidth is the hair extensions. I see. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Like what um, motivated you to start? Because as you were saying, you're very successful in what you do. Basically, as, you, as people would say, like your day job. So what motivated you to become an entrepreneur? I think I've always had, you know, this desire to, to start something. And my parents are entrepreneurs, so I saw them, you know, I saw them um, work hard, you know, my whole life and saw them be very successful. I think after I had, you know, been in corporate America for a while, 
I saw the importance of having a double streams, you know, double streams of income, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you put all your eggs, you know, in that corporate job, I had seen so many friends whose careers have come to an end and it's like, you know, what's next? Mm -hmm. I had the passion. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm already selling um, in my regular job. And I've always had this thing of, you know, I want to start something where I can control the whole, I mean, from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And that's what led to Glowsome. It's interesting. In just one January season, I think maybe four business ideas came to me. Mm -hmm. um, there was one that was bigger than Glowsome that was called Everything Africa. And then it was, you know, Glowsome. And the interesting thing is when Glowsome first came to me, it wasn't even about just, you know, hair or beauty. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll talk later about that as to, you know, how, um, you know, why Glow Impact was born. I see. Okay, that's awesome. I just want to know if you could share, you know, some viewers that are watching maybe finding themselves in similar situations where they may have that nine to five, but they're interested in starting something. Any, um, can you tell us a little bit more in terms of any motivations or any struggles on the opposite end of the spectrum with starting Glowsome? So it's definitely been, you know, a difficult journey, right? Especially because I have so many conflicts and priorities. However, it is very doable. I feel you need to start a business and something that you are passionate about, right? Because mm -hmm. people have called me and said, oh, we want to do hair too. Mm -hmm. But then, I, you know, the more I talk to them, I realize that they don't, you know, really, before I started actually selling hair, I bought a microscope. I tried to figure out at that point I had lost my, you know, my hair from childbirth mm -hmm. and in wearing the wigs, I was just like, okay, you know what, this is good hair. This is not, you know, what makes hair do this. So I was invested into the learning of hair mm -hmm. and I realized, you know, after, you know, like doing glow some that what really pushed me was that love for beauty mm -hmm. and teaching women um, about beauty, you know, I've done funny videos about, you know, the part in a wig and mm -hmm. all of that, because at the end of the day, you have to be passionate, you know, about it. When I want to, you know, if you're not passionate about it, and if you don't have a real why or a problem, I think one of the most fulfilling moments for Glossom was, you know, being able to do, you know, a wig out of a lady who was um, battling cancer. Mm -hmm. And the whole concept was, let's help you you know, save your hair because to her, she's about to lose her hair to cancer. So I feel it's, yes, you have to be passionate about it, but you have to be, you know, you have to learn about it. That mm -hmm. way you could anticipate, you know, cause I knew what are the, what could go wrong with hair? Mm -hmm. It's selling mm -hmm. bad hair, right? Mm -hmm. What makes hair good? Once I had studied it under a microscope and I was like, oh, this is you know, yes, this is what, you know, the, you know, the hair follicle looks like. This is, you know, when we say hair has been stripped, you know, this is what it looks like under a microscope. And I'm not even a science student. I'm very far from that. But I had to invest into learning hair to be an expert in it. In terms of the challenges that, you know, I faced, I will highly, you know, recommend this book to anybody, um, you know, starting a business. And I think it's called the E-Myth, right? Mm. And it says why small businesses fail. Mm. Because in hindsight, when I think of the struggles of Glossom, it's because, you know, when you run 
a business by yourself. I was the one doing Instagram posts. Like I became a graphic designer. Uh -huh. I'm the one choosing the hair once an order has been made. I'm the same person, you know, sometimes sewing the wigs. I'm the person choosing what picture. I'm the one coming up with the business strategy. And at the end of the day, you know, one person, a one person team can never be as effective, you know, as like, a, you know, when a whole team is working together with, you know, a synergistic effort. So that book taught me that the reason why a lot of small businesses don't work is you spend so much time in the business that in the end, you just replaced your job for another job. Mm. If whatever that you start, if it cannot run without you, then you just created another job. Mm. And to me, that's what Glowsome had become because without me, Glowsome couldn't function. It's like, who's going to do the shampoo before, you know, it was all a one woman team and that's been the struggle. Right. And, you know, once I read the book, mm -hmm. it made so much sense. I was like, okay, this is why, you know, I'm struggling. So in hindsight, you still want to build a team mm. to be able to move forward. And you also have to think about what you're doing as a franchise saying, when I'm not here, how can this thing that I'm starting still work without me. And if you think of McDonald's, the person that owns McDonald's doesn't have to be there for McDonald's to function. Mm -hmm. The person that owns the readers doesn't have to be there. So you build it with, you know, process improvement, simplification to make it work without you, um, even when you go on vacation, because what's the point of trying to get this other life and now you can't even go for vacation. True, yeah. And you know, thanks for sharing that because it shows that, um, and the difference between, um, you know, people who start businesses who are successful and who are not is you did your research, you know, and you were dedicated in learning more about that, the hair industry. And not only that, learning how to put systems in place, as you're saying, so that you could, can, the, the business can basically flourish even if you weren't there or if you're busy doing something else. So I, I hope that my listeners are taking notes on this, you know, when thinking about starting their own business. So I just want to ask, have you um, encountered or felt any um, struggles specifically as, as being a Black woman in this sort of space or no? You know, definitely because, you know, beauty is one of the areas that's actually very segregated, right? Mm -hmm. When you go to Walmart, you have the area for ethnic hair and you have, you know, the area... Um, you know, for everybody else. Yeah. So I remember working with a lady, you know, with marketing and she was like, you know what, you have to choose one group and stick with it. Mm -hmm. And I understood the whole, you know, like segregating. And she was like, you know, when people come on your website and they see, you know, Africans and they're Caucasians, they're not going to want to buy your hair mm -hmm. because even big companies separate, you know, their customer, like, you know, cream of nature's by the same company that does another calcation line, but they mm. specifically did cream of nature with more moisture. Mm. The struggle is that here it is, you know, the cancer service is really more towards a different demographic, right? Because their, um, the Caucasian hair can easily be made into a wig, mm -hmm. um, but with our, you know, curly texture, it's a little bit more difficult. So it was that one thing of saying, well, you can't really put your face out there. Because if, you know, so here it is, I'm like, oh, I want a marketing company. 
And the marketing company saying, you know what, if you put your face out there, then you're not going to attract this type of customer. And, you know, you have to choose. So how did you overcome that? I wish I'll say I overcame that. Uh It's a struggle, daily struggle. The struggle is real and still persists, you know. It's, you know, I I have not um, overcome it. And you find yourself, you know, still attracting people that, because the cancer service really it's for different demographics of Asians, mm-hmm. um, you know, Asians and Caucasians. So I wasn't ready to also take down everybody's face from the website just to yeah. do this. So at that point, you know, you know, she told me you might have to split it into two different websites. And I was like, I'm already struggling just to manage one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I kept it as is. And, you know, it's, it's been where I did, you know, two of that and the service, um, you know, the service hasn't picked up so much, but it's been mostly because I haven't had the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And the, the one advice I'll say is, you know, because I have a full-time job where I'm, you know, visible on LinkedIn and all of that, it also put limits on Glowsome, right? Mm-hmm. If I wanted to do a crazy video of taking off my wig and doing this, I'm like, ooh, what if it shows up with my clients, you know, with these yeah. major corporations? Yeah. So I feel, you know, at one point you have to break free from one so you can focus on one baby. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, I almost call it like, you know, doing it um, undercover because, you know, somebody's perception is going to be like, you're running this big company. How does she have time to do her own, you know, her own um, job that we're paying her for? So mm-hmm. you, you have to tread cautiously, mm-hmm. especially when you still have a corporate job. So mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, Glowsome not being able to take fully off, what you need for every small business is videos, right? And one of the things that I learned is every big corporation wants to be a small business. Mm-hmm. Every big corporation wants to let their customers feel like, you know, we give you all the attention. Yeah. And then every small corporation, every small business like Glowsome wants to put this facade about, oh, we, and I'm like, Glowsome is not we, it's me, you know, for now, that's what it is. Yeah. So it's just being truthful to who you are and doing more videos. So if I had to tell somebody starting now, show yourself, you know, don't try to be perfect, show videos, connect with your, you know, your tribe, the mm-hmm. people that are buying your products, you know, follow up with them, let them know that this is the person behind the brand. Mm-hmm. They're not just working with Glowsome, you know, this is Miss Glowsome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and I wanted you to go more into um, the glow impact. If you could tell us a little bit more about that. So it's interesting, a very interesting story, but I'm taking a speaker class that says, you know, speak like you have nothing to protect, Mm -hmm. to defend, nothing to hide. So full disclaimer here, you know, for all the listeners. But when I actually got the name Glowsome, all I remember thinking about is that Glowsome was going to be a company that worked with juveniles and juvenile detention center. Mm -hmm. That was the name that came to me and it was about rehabilitating this beautiful young girl, you know, where from the time that she was, you know, I met her at the juvenile detention center, she was broken. She had been abused. She had been let down by the system Mm -hmm. and 
you know, our contact and, you know, intentional, intentionally raising up this beautiful girl so she doesn't return back to the system. Mm-hmm. I imagine seeing this beautiful girl walk across the stage, you know, um, getting her diploma, me sitting in the crowd as a proud, you know, mother of so many of these girls. Mm-hmm. However, when it came time to start the beauty business, I was like, oh, I have a good name. Got it. That good name was supposed to be for Glow Impact. So I did, I hadn't done my research and I thought, oh, when it's time to do Glow Impact, you can just call it Glow Some Foundation. Mm -hmm. So it came time, finally, I'll walk you through an exercise at the end. Mm -hmm. I did an exercise most recently. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to really do what Glowsome was meant to be. And I've spent so much time on the blossom Mm -hmm. and there has not been any time on the glow. But when I went to register it, I was told you cannot actually use the same name, um, you know, because then there's a conflict of interest. And that's how Glow Impact was born. So Glow Impact is, you know, more about the real, you know, working with someone from the inside, a young girl in a juvenile detention center and using my corporate connections that, you know, I have, you know, gotten to help them with internships. Um, to help them just stand back on their feet, to let them know that um, inside them, there's still a treasure, that whatever that has happened to them has not taken their value away. They're still who they were created to be. That is awesome. That is it's amazing. And I'm happy that you're doing that because I know it's going to make such a big difference and impact on these, you know, young women, you know, their lives. So that is, I'm happy. I'm really happy to hear about that. Thank you. So, so I just kind of want to transition into, you know, like you busy. I know you're, you're pretty busy. Like you have this full-time job. You're also doing glow in glow some um, full-time as well. Now with glow impact, how do you manage it all being married? You have three children. How? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the first, you know, thing I'll say is that you need a schedule and I haven't been always good at it. Because in the beginning, it was just no, you know, very little sleep mm-hmm. until recently, you know, it's like sleeping four hours at night because I'll work with my full-time job. And then in the evenings, be there, you know, sewing wigs, um, you know, then I have church service, I have the children. But one of the things, um, advice that I'll say is if you have younger children, mm-hmm. don't feel bad to ask for help, right? up till maybe the last year where my older daughter is now nine, I always had some help at home. Mm-hmm. The way I looked at it is, you know, I only have so many hours, right? So will I spend those hours doing this or I'll actually spend the quality time, you know, with my daughters reading a book um, to them. So that help is very important, ladies. You know, I tell people, you know, I, yeah, my meals are not done. You know, I can't afford any of that because I was paying the nanny, but it freed me up to do other things. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, don't be, don't be afraid to ask for help because we're not superwoman. I think sometimes when you ask for help or, you know, you go to your husband saying, I need help with the children. Mm-hmm. It just seems like, oh, you're lazy and all of this, but you need to write your vision. Say, mm-hmm. this is what I want. Mm-hmm. These are just the, these are all the hours that I, you know, I have in a day. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, these activities can be delegated. Mm-hmm. Whatever you can delegate, delegate. So you can focus on the things that cannot be delegated. Mm. And, you know, that 
it's still, you know, I'll be lying if I said it's worked out great, you know, yeah. there's nights that I've still had, you know, three hours of sleep and I'm like, oh, I'm going to work on it. And the times that things don't get done and I have to tell myself, you know what, this cannot get done, but there's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, the children come first, right? Mm-hmm. I can't replace the time that I lose with them. Um, so they come first. And then the other things, I still have priority, right? If, you know, some, my husband needs something or, you know, work, it's just, I think, you know, it in the emergency room is the act of triage, right? Uh-huh. You triage to see, okay, you know what, this is, this needs to go here. Right. And I'm like, in your life, you have to learn, you know, I think you need to do a whole class on triage, you know, because yeah. those of us in the business field need to get it, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. get good at like triage in our lives to say, you know what, this needs attention now, you know, and um, especially with our children, you know, they make comments that let you know, okay, you know what, time out. Yeah, I think this times my children have told me the most, you know, just honest things, but it broke my heart. And I'm like, but that's their truth. Yeah. You know, the mommy's always behind the computer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, okay, let me work on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Especially for those of us that are new moms, we're trying to figure it out. Um, and actually the thought of like, for me, when I started and I went back to work, I had this, I don't know if you probably might've heard, you know, the whole mom guilt thing, like where I felt guilty of being away or, and sometimes when I would be home, but I had to do something else. It's like, oh man, I'm home. I should be spending time like with her, but I'm like, I can't be with her all these, you know, hours. I had to like what you're saying, just delegate tasks, especially when you have help. So definitely that mom guilt is real. It is. We have to delegate, you know, if you can, you know, if you can afford it mm-hmm. and, you know, do the ones that are most important. Mm-hmm. And I think about it, our parents weren't with us 24 mm-hmm. seven. And, you know, there's a time that I was walking through the airport and I was traveling a lot, probably once every week. And as I was walking through the airport, you know, my daughter's voice, she says, you know what, you always leave us. Mm-hmm. Daddy never leaves. Mm-hmm. And I was just like pulling my little laptop and crying through the airport mm. and feeling so guilty. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I said, you know what? There's a reason why I have to work. Mm-hmm. Mommy has to, you know, help to put a roof over your head. Mm-hmm. Now you're watching and saying, you know, this, this, this. And I'm like, I'm not trying to give you, you know, the extras and a mansion, but just the basic necessities for us to live in a place where you have access to education. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom always, you know, she worked and it's fine. But I mean, I have friends who are like, you know, you never have to work. And I'm like, it's what works for you. Right. Yeah. I, my husband jokes that I have a restless spirit. I'm always doing something. You so work, you enjoy working. I do. I do. Yeah. And, and for me personally, I think it's great for women to, if, even if they're not doing a traditional job to do something where they, there's some sort of income. I, I, that's personally, that's what I think. I, don't I absolutely that. agree with you. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. Uh-huh. So um anyway, you know, talking about marriage, like how do you because you've been married for a long time, 13 years. So if you could give some of us all right, some of us newbies any advice, like just what advice you have, especially being married for so long. Wow. So, you know, marriage is 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 one of the most challenging relationships that you'll ever be in, right? And I was so blessed to go through a counseling that was phenomenal. Mm. It didn't sugarcoat it for me and all of that. 
But one thing that I tell myself is in life, I've never made a vow. Hmm. The only thing that I took a vow for was to stand by this man. Hmm. And I, I say, you know what? I took a vow in front of God to mm. say, God, help me to be a helper. Mm. Therefore, through the thick, through the thin, help me to do it. So I see it as this is a commitment that I made. It's not just like a loosey-goosey how I feel. You know, I don't feel this. Mm-hmm. However, now that I've had 13 years, if I had to give any advice, what I'll say is that you typically hear people say, do you, mm-hmm. do you, do you? And I'm a firm believer in that, right? However, I had to learn that, do you, the you that inspires, mm. not the you that is destructive. Mm. Because we all have our left and our right, right? We have the side of us that's great. And we have that side of us that's not so great. The side of us that speaks to people and don't even think about the damage we've done in a few minutes with our words. Mm-hmm. So when I got married, you know, in the beginning, my husband will say things like, I know, you know, I'll say one thing and he'll be repeating something different back to me. Mm-hmm. But after a while, I realized that people actually don't hear your words. They hear your heart. Mm-hmm. So when you're speaking, what you think, you know, inside you yeah. is what really comes out. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, do you, I would say, you know what, at every point in time, you know, communicate honestly. Mm-hmm. I just learned something called carefrontation mm-hmm. instead of confrontation. Okay. The difference is, you know, carefrontation, after you've talked about the sticky, you know, subject or whatever, the idea is when it's done, I want us to still hug. Mm. And communication, open communication, instead of having pride, you know, saying how you really feel, what that, um, you know, what you needed. Because the truth is your husband is not your conscience. He doesn't know that you wanted a flower. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know that you wanted a hug. He doesn't know when he spoke, you thought he raised his voice, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, you know, we walk around with pain feeling, I cannot believe how insensitive he was. And he wasn't even trying to be insensitive. Mm -hmm. So when you communicate, just, you know, communicate, but instead of just saying, I'm just going to do me, Mm -hmm. think about the effect of the me, especially the side of you that doesn't lift, but tears down Mm -hmm. the side of you that, you know, my husband used to tell me that pride is like perfume. Mm -hmm. And I was like, perfume yeah like because you know when you put it on you you don't smell it anymore Mm. but when you walk past people they smell that pride right Mm. and as i've you know learned to you know be with him like my role was a helper Mm -hmm. so when it becomes difficult you know and i feel like oh i'm so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. i just ask god to you know help me and you know it's it's, you know, it's something that I'm constantly working on. I listen to a lot of messages on it. Mm-hmm. And also when, you know, things are not going well, because every relationship have, you know, ups and downs, yeah. you know, talk to people that both of you, you know, see as mentors, mm. because what I have realized is so many times when we're wounded in a marriage, 
we open up to people. I think, I don't know how doctors, you guys will explain it, but mm -hmm. every wound needs something to heal. Like you need a particular, I mean, like whatever uh, environment for the wound to heal mm -hmm. so it doesn't get infected. And I think typically in marriage, you know, somebody might, you might get a wound because the person didn't mean to, but now you have this wound. Mm -hmm. And instead of us to, you know, take the antibiotic of, yeah. you know, healing, we just surround ourselves with people that will feed it, you know, and make you feel like, yep, you're so right. Yeah. But what that does is it causes that wound to be more infected and infected. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, what you will say, what happens when a whole body is infected? It leads yeah. to what, what do you guys say? When it's, it's, we need to amputate it or it'll die. Yeah. Exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So, I mean, to sum it up, communicate, mm -hmm. do you, but do you that inspires. I love and that. Ap apologize. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell my husband, you know, I'm like, oh, I act like cray cray, you know, yeah. but it's you being in touch with the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, that was really wrong. And, um, the final advice is in my marriage counseling, the pastor told me that mm -hmm. whenever you feel a certain way towards somebody, 99.999%, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. the person feels the same way about you. Mm. So when you feel, Dr. Maxine, that, oh, I cannot believe Augustine, ah, yeah. uh -huh. he is feeling the same way about you. When you feel like, oh, I love him so much. Yeah. He's feeling the same way. So typically when I got angry at my husband, I'm like, oh, I'm like, ooh, he's probably also feeling the same way about me right now. Mm -hmm. And when I asked, yes, he was feeling the same way. So yeah. it's a good exercise to check myself. Got so. it. Got it. Got it. So if, um, I guess, you know, thank you so much. This conversation was so fruitful and, you know, we're trying to wrap it up because of time purposes. But if there's one thing when you look back at so far, everything that you've done. And I know there's so much more to come. And then also with family, marriage, what is one thing that you could um, tell your younger self? I've been asking everybody this. So interesting to hear what people say. One thing you could tell your younger self, mm -hmm. I will say it was to see this activity that I'm going to do with you right now. And um, I wish somebody told me about this activity, you know, a while ago. And it basically said, imagine that you're walking into a room. Let's say it's the church. Mm -hmm. You're walking straight in that, you know, that aisle of that church. You see people on your right. You see people on your left. Mm -hmm. People have a look. They're not really looking at you, but you see that they have sorrow. Some people are like reminiscing, you know, they're just sitting there. Mm -hmm. And you're walking down that aisle. Mm -hmm. As you walk down that aisle, your favorite music is playing. Mm -hmm. Might be a hymn, soft song, and it's, you know, it's very soft. And you walk towards the front of that room. When you get to the front of the room, you, it's like a, a steps. You go on the first step, the second, and the third. And then you see this box. Mm -hmm. What's in the box? It's your casket. Mm. realize that you're looking at yourself mm. in that casket and you realize that you are here at your own funeral mm. at that point they call a person from your family to speak they talk about you they say you know what she inspired me 
They talk about how you pick them up, how you gave them when you had nothing. Mm-hmm. They call your co-worker who says, you know what? She was the best doctor ever. You know, she cared and she was there. They call, you know, a person from your neighborhood. Your neighbor talks about you. You hear it. You know, they call your friend and your friend speaks. You realize that, oh, you know what? I inspired everybody and, you know, that was good. But at that point, you realize that there is one thing that you wanted to hear that you did not hear. Mm. What was that one thing that you wanted so bad to have done? What was that legacy that you wanted to leave that you did not do? Mm. At that point, I wrote that one thing down. Mm. And for me, it was glow impact Mm. because I didn't see any of the young girls from the juvenile center sitting at my funeral. Mm. And I said, you know what? Your legacy is intentional. Mm. And at the end of the day, in creating a legacy, it's not a matter of, you know, your name, but it's a matter of impact and lives even after you've gone. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there's also a reward, you know, for this legacy that you do. Nobody won a marathon by just stumbling and wandering through the forest. Takes dedication. If you're going to, you know, work on that one thing, even as we close, I want you to think of that one thing. Mm -hmm. You know what? I wanted to, you know, hear them say, here lies a woman who, what was that then? Yeah. And work towards it. I wish I did this exercise when I was, you know, probably 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because then, and now Glow Impact would have been, you know, 20 years down. Mm-hmm. But they always say the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the next best time is today. That's right. so even as you're watching, I want to leave that with you. Thank that. You. Don't let anything stop you from doing that one thing that you did not hear. Thank you so much for sharing that exercise with us. It was very inspiring. And I hope that everyone that listened will just think of all the things and the purpose that God has placed on their life and um, not let fear or doubt stop them from accomplishing those things. Thank you. I really appreciate that you had, you know, spend the time um, just being here with me and having this chit chat. So God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So that concludes this episode. Check out previous episodes on this podcast. Also, remember to share, subscribe, and stay locked in for more chats every Wednesday.